It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. And I am your show host, Randy Fine. One simply has to look at news headlines to find evidence of a troubling problem. Bullying is affecting the lives of many people, causing severe emotional damage. There may never be a world completely full of, full of, um, free of bullies, but luckily there are ways to deal with this difficult issue through awareness, understanding, and changing our beliefs about and reactions to bullying. Today's special guest, Jeannie Sisko-Meth, is with us today to talk about improving your self-esteem, putting yourself in the shoes of a bully, and even how to stop another person from being bullied. Jeannie was told in elementary school she would never make it because she was too stupid. Thank goodness she didn't believe them because she never would have done the thing she has. As a former member of the military, Jeannie had the honor of being sent to OCS. The leadership training helped her in many ways, from starting three very successful businesses to training staff and mentoring others with their staffing issues. Her book, Bully Proofing You, How to Improve Confidence and Personal Value from the Inside Out, features real-life examples and a light-hearted, friendly tone. Readers will find themselves walking away with a straightforward, step-by-step plan and a whole new understanding of bullying. Jeannie Sisko-Meth, a former member of the military and two-time best-selling author, is a bullying expert who shares her scientifically proven system for improving communication and decreasing conflict. She is a professional speaker, educator, and parent. And she has written for many magazine articles, been quoted in Forbes. Um, She's done all kinds of things and has appeared on television for ABC4, Free Speech TV, and others. So I know you're excited to meet her, and we're going to get started. Good morning, Jeannie, and welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. This is a great topic um, and very timely. Um, Where did your passion come from for this topic? It came from a teacher that I had in high school. (laughs) I was severely bullied and and just really ready to kind of give up. I'd had so much problems going on that my parents got divorced and, you know, I could make a whole list and I was just really struggling. And he took me under his wing and believed in me and told me that I could be something, you know, and I played basketball for him and he really helped turn my life around. And so because of that, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to help as well. And when I was a teacher, I realized that I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people struggling with lower self 
personal value and, and issues. And so I wanted to help. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make sure that people had the opportunity to reach their full potential. And that's so wonderful, and it is so needed. Um, in the work that I do, that's a huge issue for many people. And if they, weren't, if they weren't bullied in school, often they were bullied within their family. And so, and you know what that does to your um, yeah. self-esteem and it, just your image of yourself and your ability to yeah. build a strong self. So this yeah. is so important, and it's why I was attra- really attracted to this topic. Um, in your first chapter, you talk about, you really start off by saying that you are a high, not you, but you're talking to the reader. You are a high-functioning, created being with a purpose. <clears throat> I totally believe this, and I believe we are each um, here for a reason. What is your thought on that? I absolutely agree, and I believe my purpose is teaching. And I absolutely love when I'm able to teach and share information, also when I'm able to learn. And a lot of people, when I'm working with them one-on-one, they're like, well, I don't, I don't know what my purpose is. And the way to find your purpose is what excites you. What do you enjoy doing? Most of the time, that's your purpose. That's what you were put here to do. Sometimes it takes a little while for it to gel. Like, in other words, I knew my purpose was to help people, but it took many years for that to manifest. Um, but it was what I always wanted to do, what I was good at, and, you know, and it finally manifested. But, um, so it's kind of hard to hold on to what we're meant to do sometimes when the timing isn't right, and, um, but we should just keep focusing on that in that direction, Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I bet if you were to look at your past with a more objective view instead of that critical view that we tend to have, you would see that you've actually been helping people your entire life. You just do it on a much larger scale now through your work and your your radio show and your, you know, one-on-one contact with people. And so it's been there all along. You've just honed it to an incredible skill and exercise, you know, and, and got the ability to reach a mass audience. You are right on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you say that, um, that we should live our purpose so others can live theirs. What do you mean when you say that? <clears throat> well, there's a lot of times, and, and I still have a tendency to do this. This is why I teach this all the time is because I still have a bully between my ears and, I'll be thinking, you know what, I should do something or I should say something, and then I get afraid and I'll shrink back. And so when when I step forward in courage, other people see that, and then they're more likely to use courage in their life in the areas that they need it. As humans, we learn by modeling others. We watch, we see what happens, and then we're more likely to do what they've done if it has turned out favorably. So when I have the courage to act the way I think I should, that invites others to have courage. And what do you say to people who have just been you know, struck down so many times in their life that they think <clears throat> that this is just going to be a life of pain? What do you say to people about something like that? 
I say energy goes wherever you focus on. So if I'm focusing on pain and discomfort and, you know, rude people, hurt people, hurt people, and there are a lot of hurt people in the world right now. There's a lot of pain and anger and violence of people lashing out because they're in pain. And so if I focus on that, there's absolutely a lot of it to find, and it gets bigger and bigger in my life. But if I just take a moment and I, I, you know, just like you said, a fine time. It's a fine time to just take a moment, take a deep breath and say, okay, what do I have to be grateful for? And I start listing, you know, hey, I've got, I've got ears to listen to this, this incredible, you know, talk show today. I've got legs to take me, you know, for a walk. I can get up and walk over and go turn on the light or turn off the light. I have my marvelous mind that I can work with. I have eyes that I can see with. And I start listing all of the things that I'm grateful for. Then I get more of that. And so wherever you're at, you can be grateful. It just may take a little bit of practice. So if you're down and you're thinking, man, I I can't go on, I encourage you to find the time because you can. You absolutely can. And you are needed in this time and space. You are so right. You know, people, um, sometimes they are so down and shot down so many times that they get into a victimization kind of mindset. And you're right. Um, I sort of use that that technique as well. I have them switch it up and say for a week, I want you to, you know, record what you're what you're grateful for every day. Um, and focus only on that for a week. And, you know, it, it absolutely does change things. It gets you out of one mindset and into a much, much healthier one. I so agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you talk about the subconscious mind being the powerhouse inside of us. And basically what you're talking about in this um, particular section is these autopilot thoughts, the things that we do that are just in there, we're paying attention to them, they're just old stuff, negative self-talk. Why is that so important to pay attention to? Well, the, the subconscious is the powerhouse. It's what drives us. You know, we have our thoughts, and then we have an emotion from that thought, and then we take an action. And if we take that action over and over and over again, it becomes a habit. Then it no longer takes thought. So we'll use a, a physical example. I drive to work. Well, I don't anymore because I work from my house. But when I used to drive to work, I would drive the same way to work every day. And there were sometimes when I'd get to work and I'd be like, wait, I don't remember, you know, crossing the railroad tracks, or I don't remember because it was a habit. I was on total autopilot. When I live my life on autopilot, I get the same thing I've always got. And so to change my trajectory, to change where I want to go, I can change my habits. And so I replace a not-too-empowering habit with an empowering habit, and that changes my trajectory. So if I have the habit of talking negatively to myself all of the time, I've got to change that habit if I want something new. It's so important to pay attention to our thoughts and our emotions because that is what creates our action. If I think I can, I'm excited. I take action. 
if I think I can't, I shrink back, I stop, and I get no momentum. That is so true. Uh, that's, that's a really great point. So why is there so many things plaguing us? And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about suicide and violence and things like that. Yeah, what is going yeah. on in the world? And, um, you know, how can that change? Beautiful question. And I, I refer back to the hurt people hurt people. And in the second part of my book, I talk about perspective. When I remember that the person lashing out of out at me, it has nothing to do with me and who I am. And it has everything to do with their pain and where they're at. Social media it has become the new way to bully and intimidate because people are hurt and it's easy to lash out and, you know, because we don't think of the person on the other side. I had a lady recently lash out at me on social media, and I responded to her, and I said, I know that hurt people hurt people. And so because of what you've said to me, I know that you're hurting. How can I help? And she lashed out again, and I just <laughs> said, I'm here for you. If there's anything that I can do, I'm here for you. And mm-hmm. then she lashed out again, and I hid her comment. <laughs> Yep, that's you know, and so so we forget, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've the person on the other side is in pain, and the easiest way to get rid of my pain is to dump it on someone else. I think of it as a cup. You know, I've got a cup of emotion in front of me, and throughout the day it gets fuller and fuller. And if I don't manage it appropriately, I'm going to lash out at someone. Because when I lash out, I dump part of my emotions on them, and then I feel better. And so I'm rewarded. And so if I don't use the tools that I teach people to manage that emotion, the only way for me to get rid of it is to dump it on someone. And then their cup is full, then they dump it on someone. And that's what we're seeing going on in society right now, a bunch of angry, hurt people dumping their emotions on others. And it just is continuing to escalate. And so we've, they've got to use the tools to manage those emotions appropriately. This is so important for children to learn. These are tools that children must learn. Because once you're, you know, once you're an adult um, and you've gotten into this mindset, it's very difficult. And you, have, you can be much more destructive I know children can be very destructive. My my kids were bullied mercilessly in school, and um, and I know how frustrating that was. And especially when it when that hits um, a child who is just developing a self, learning who they are, and somebody keeps tearing that down, it's very hard for them to look at that person and or that other child and say, "Well, they're hurting. It's not about me, right?" Isn't that true? Right, and and it can be hard or it can be easy. It depends on how the parent handles it. So, and and it depends on the the parent's own emotion as well. So, we're going to start with the child. The child comes home and says, "Mom, so and so said, you know, such and such to me, whatever it may be." In that moment, as a parent, I've been there myself. I want to immediately tell the child how beautiful they are, how smart they are, how incredible they are. What happens in that moment is the child thinks, 
wow, I must really be messed up because mom just spent 10 minutes telling me how cool I am. (laughs) What I recommend you do is instead of doing that is ask the child, what do they believe? Wow, honey, I don't believe that. What do you believe? And when you ask the child that question, it gives them the opportunity to make a decision and decide what labels get stuck on them and what labels they pull off. Because all through life, people are sticking labels on us. We decide what sticks and what doesn't. And so if you can start your child at a young age to start making that distinction between, oh, I like this label, somebody called me cute. Oh, I like this label, somebody called me smart. I'm going to keep those labels. Oh, I don't like that label. Let's pull that label off. <laughs> and so you can start that with your child, and it's, it, then it's no longer difficult. It's not hard. Because they're deciding what sticks and what doesn't. I really like that. I like that. Um, I think it's a very easy concept to embrace. I think we can all embrace that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and make choices as to what we're going to um, assign to ourselves and or allow other people to assign to us. And, yeah. I like that so much. That's such a great tool. Um, you say um, that step one, step one in bullyproofing is to make a decision to like yourself, which we're talking, mm-hmm. and realizing you are important just because of who you are. So you recommend that we make a list of 100 reasons why we are valuable without repeating anything. <laughs> and then yeah. and how, how should, why, why is that important to make that list and how should we use that? So I liken it to a table, and the more legs I have under the table, the sturdier that table is. So the tabletop is my decision to like myself. And then all of those hundred legs, those reasons why I'm likable, why I'm important, why I'm special, hold that tabletop up. And then if somebody comes along and knocks out one of my legs, it's okay. I got 99 more holding that belief up. And so it allows me to stay resilient and purposeful, living my purpose, living my life on my terms. And so when somebody says something to me, just like the lady on social media the other day, I can choose to focus on that and go, oh, my gosh, she's right, I'm horrible, I'm an idiot, you know, whatever. Or I can go, wow, I'm sorry you're hurting. Look at all these reasons and and how and um, ways that I can help you. And so one of the things that we need to do as humans is constantly manage our emotions, manage what we're focusing on. And I recommend that people do it on paper, not people. And so when I get triggered after I got that that um, hurtful message on social media. I grabbed a piece of paper and I wrote and I wrote how it hurt and I was angry and I was upset and I didn't like that. And then I went out on my back porch and I burned it. And then I came in and I, I reached out to her to see if I could help her. But if I hadn't have managed my emotions first, I may have lashed back out at her and said something horrible. That's how we are as people. We get defensive and we want to lash out. And so I recommend you lash out on people 
or you go out, you know, sometimes in the winter I'll yell into my toilet and then I'll flush it <laughs> or I'll go out for a walk and I'll rant and rave, you know, and and then I'll come back and all the way back on my walk I'm full of gratitude. You know, so on the way out I'm like, oh, this sucks, I hate this, you know, and all that grumpy stuff. I throw my little two-year-old temper tantrum. Then I take four deep breaths. <sighs> And I, on the, all the way back, I'm grateful. I show gratitude and thankfulness. Because just as much as hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people. And we need more healing in this time. That is so true. And really, and, and one of the things that I took out of what you just said is that um, we should not hold our emotions in. If we're angry, if we're upset, we need to express them, but we just don't need a target to express them on, right? Yeah. So well, we really need a target to get it that out. is not going to be, yeah, a target that's not somebody else, <laughs> paper right. or a tree or your steering wheel in your car. You know, those <laughs> things can handle it. Other people may not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's so true. Um you talk about Elizabeth Smart, the kidnapping victim, um, in your oh, book. Yeah. Why do you? Why do you? Um, how does that apply to this concept that you are um, promoting? I think so. I absolutely loved her book, and I've actually um, got to meet her and listen to her speak. And she, her resilience and her resolve, and her dealing with such a horrific incident you know, being kidnapped out of her home while she was sleeping in her bed with her sister in the bed right next to her. You know, she was kidnapped at knife point, and she was told that if you don't come with me, I'm going to kill your whole family. And so she went to protect her family. And then she continued to do the best that she could in a horrible situation. And then when she was rescued and came home, she had, a, you know, constantly decisions to make, right? And then when she came home, she had the decision to make, do I continue to focus on this horror and this horrible thing that happened to me? Or do I focus my energy forward and use this to help and empower people? And she absolutely chose to help and empower people. And I love that. And- because and she that's could how she have survived survived it. That, mm-hmm. Right. Right. We always have the choice to be the victim or the victor. Which one do you want? I want to be a victor because, trust me, they live a much better life than victims do. And I remember at a young age, I was probably teens, late teens, and maybe early 20s, and I I remember having the conversation with myself about I realized that I had that victim mentality. And I realized, really, Jeannie, really? Do you want people to continue to feel sorry for you? Or do you want to live a life that people can look to and go, wow, I want what she has? And that's when I started shifting from the victim mindset to the victor. And that's where I try to live. It's really the only place to live. Uh, otherwise, you're just you're just going down a spiral that you know with no end. And um, yeah. you know, it's when we're <clears throat> when we're unhappy with who we are. If we don't make the changes, 
and we have to make them. Nobody's going to make them for us. We can't go to a right. therapist to fix us. No matter what we do, we end up having to be the one to do it. Some people may, some professionals may help direct us in that way, but ultimately, it's um, we have to find that strength within to pull ourselves up. Yes. Um, I yeah. love your message. I, I really do. Um, so step one, basically, to bully-proofing ourselves is raising our personal value, right? Correct. Because when I decide my value, it's much easier to peel labels off that don't match that value. But if I allow others to decide who I am, then those labels stick. For example, when I was a little kid, you know, when I was in elementary school, my teachers told me, you're too stupid. You're never going to make it through school. And at that time, they were right. I had so many learning disabilities. It was a struggle for me. And it was the perfect thing for them to say to me because it ticked me off. I was like, you don't decide. I decide. And in that moment of deciding, I removed that label to a degree, <laughs> of you're stupid. And I say to a degree because when I first sat down to write Bully Proofing You, oh, man, it was difficult because I heard my English teacher's voice in my head, you know, and I'm like, no, I can do this. And by focusing on helping one person, if I could just help one person, then it would be worth it. And by the grace of God, it became a bestseller, and we've helped hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. I'm going to say thousands, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands <laughs> of people all across, awesome. the, all across the world. And, Congratulations. And I feel so That's blessed. amazing. You, yeah, you are blessed. You. you are blessed. And you, know, and you also say follow your higher power when it comes to making decisions. So um, if we're not religious, then where do we look to? You can look to um, anyone who has lived a life that is a good example. They don't make books about people who are average. <laughs> they don't make statues to people who are average. And there are so many people out there who have overcome overwhelming odds. You know, people that there is someone who is dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. And they made it through to the other side. They were victorious. And it's very likely that they wrote a book about it to help other people. Find those books. Use those as examples. And, and you know, believe that you can do it as well. I tell myself constantly, if they can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. And so find someone to inspire and uplift you. There's tons of people to do that for you. Hmm. That's that's really great because, you know, so many people get stuck on that concept of, you know, the higher power. Well, I don't, you know, they say, well, I don't believe in God or I don't believe there's a spiritual world or whatever it is or I'm not buying that whole universal thing. Um, so yeah. this is really a great alternative to that. I think that's really excellent, excellent advice. Um so the next thing I wanted to talk about is um, our perspective. And so we think, until we realize this, that everyone thinks the way we do, but this is absolutely incorrect, and it, it causes a lot of conflict, right? Yes, absolutely. 
we are the sum total of the five of our five closest friends because birds of a feather flock together, right? What happens then is that we start to believe because of our little limited view that everybody thinks and feels just like we do. It takes getting outside of that comfort zone and interacting with other people to help us realize that, oh, my goodness, people have different thoughts, different feelings. When I was a high school teacher, there was a teacher at my school that loved to argue, loved to argue about anything and everything. And so I used him as my sounding board, so to speak. And so I had a belief that I would take to him and I would state it. And then he would argue with me. And if I had enough reasons behind that belief that it was true, I would hold that belief. But if he argued with me and I couldn't come up with any reasons, I would really look at that belief and go, okay, what is that a belief that I need to move forward with? Or is this a belief that I need to change? And so I recommend others to do the same thing. Get outside your comfort zone because everything you want is outside your comfort zone. By the mere (laughs) fact that you want it, it means you don't have it. So step out of what you're used to, try something new, and see and, and watch where it leads you. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, so, I believe in that, you know, personally and professionally. Just, you know, I don't let anything intimidate me. If I want to move forward with something, I figure out how to do it, no matter how intimidating I am. I, you know, I feel yeah. or, um, you know, how new and strange it feels to me. Um, and that's how you do advance and rise above things. And um, so we choose our perspective. You know, it, it's we can look at things any way that we want to look at them without, within reason, right? So some people right. are magical thinkers. Some people have a perspective that is not grounded in any <laughs> any truth or any possibility, um, so how do we decide the difference between having claiming our own perspective and having a perspective that does not suit us well? So I believe if it's moral and ethical and just that that is what you believe in, even when people tell you it's impossible. And the reason I'm I'm thinking of that right now is I'm reading Think and Grow Rich for my fourth or fifth time. Absolutely love it. And I just read the chapter about where he's talking about his son who was born with absolutely no ears. And he held in his mind the fact that his son would hear. His son would be normal. 17 years later after, you know, him, you know, everybody telling him, no, let him go learn sign language. Let him go to the school for of special ed, you know, for, for deaf mute people. And he was like, no, my son will hear normally. 17 years later, after putting up with all of that and not backing down, a hearing aid was invented that allowed him to hear. And it was because of Blair Hill Hall, Blair, Blair Hill, that that device was taken all across the world because of the way it transformed his life. He was able to champion it to so many other people. And so somebody may tell you, no, that's impossible. But if you know in your heart, just like my teacher's telling me, you're never going to make it. You're too stupid. And me saying, excuse me, I will make it. 
So just because somebody says it may be impossible, maybe it's not. And that's where the higher power comes in. So if you don't believe in a higher power, I highly recommend you do (laughs) because there are (laughs) miracles that happen all of the time. We fly to the moon. We fly from Miami to Africa and L.A. There was a time when people were told that's impossible. And then at Kitty Hawk, it was proved possible. So I challenge you to think and to look at, wow, what is possible and what isn't? And if you really want it, go for it. Don't let anybody stop you as long as it's legal, moral, and ethical. Absolutely right. And, and, you know, in that same vein, when we claim ourselves as who we are, um, a lot of times we measure that against other people to see, you know, do we measure up? And um, yeah. I think, I believe that people need to claim their identity, claim who they are, good and bad, all aspects of who right. they are, and accept that and be proud of that um, yeah. individuality, that uniqueness. Um, that makes them that way. And people, uh, people often, often will say to me, my, my clients will often say to me, because I'll say, well, you want to do that? Well, then do it. And they'll say, really, I can? <laughs> and I tell them, well, absolutely, absolutely. You don't need my permission yeah. to do it. Do it. If you're not hurting anybody, yeah. go for it. This is you. Be yeah. you. Um, and that is yeah. so important. Yes. Um, You make a comment in here, um, or actually you discuss this in here, that why society um, supports bullies and people who are mean to others. What is going on with that? So what happens is there is, so it's it's not so much that society supports bullies, It's that they're not really sure what to do. And it comes down to the bully's word and the victim's word. And who do we believe? Unless there's, you know, unless there is an outside witness. Now, if somebody puts their hands on you, that's not bullying, that's assault. And it needs to be dealt with that way. But when somebody says a word to you, that could be bullying or it could not be bullying. You see, nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. And so if somebody says something to me that is hurtful, it may not be what they said. It may be the way I took it. I have said Mm. things to my daughter that have hurt her, and in no way did I mean that at all. But because of the look on her face when I said it, I knew it hurt her. And because I love her, I'm like, okay, what are you thinking? Because you're thinking something. I didn't say what you think I said. Let's talk about it. And so it's that miscommunication that happens. So often somebody will say something, the person receives it, and they give it a different meaning. Let me use an example. I was going through a horrible, horrible time in my life. I didn't have any money. I was a single parent. It was horrendous. And I remember I was looking for a job. I wasn't finding a job. And I stopped in a D's restaurant. I didn't have any money, but it was raining and I wanted to get out of the rain. And I sat back in the corner and the waitress comes up to me and she's like, what can I get you, hon? And I just looked up at her 
and she just knew. And the beautiful thing was her name was Grace. <laughs> oh, and, well. And she's like, it's okay, hun. And she went back in a little bit, and I'm just sitting there all focused on the negative, right? I was so in my junk. And she brings me out a hot roast beef sandwich, which to this day is still my favorite sandwich. And she sets it down, and I look at her, and I said, I can't pay for this. And she's like, I know. And she pats my arm, and she says, you'll pay it forward. It'll be okay. It's going to be all right, hon. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be all right. I can get, I'm getting emotional just remembering it. And I ate that hot roast beef sandwich, and I thought about what she said, and it was the turning point for me. And I started moving forward again. I continued my schooling. I made it through. I've written books. I've helped people, you know. And, and if you flash forward then to when I'm a teacher, and I call so many of my students hun. Why? Because I love that word. It meant so much to me. And then my t- principal calls me into the office, because one of my students that I called Hun took offense to the word. And as he told me the story, I realized why. His sister, before she would abuse him, would call him Hun. Exact same word, totally different meanings. So somebody may think they're being bullied when the person that they think is bullying does not mean that at all. And so... Nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. When you find yourself being upset or you find yourself taking offense, ask yourself the question, what meaning am I giving that word? I had one student who I was teaching this to, and she said she was called the B word, and she said, well, that's a female dog. And I like dogs. And dogs bark. There's bark on trees. I like trees. And she said, I like dogs. I like trees. And she said, I looked at the person and I said, thank you. And I meant it. And I had a smile on my face. And I walked away. And it ended everything. Now that other person, she had had a history of fighting and violence. And in that one moment, she changed the trajectory of her life. And she never went back to jail. Never. All because she changed the meaning of a word. That's how powerful it is. It is powerful. And, you know, going back to what you said about miracles, because I believe miracles happen every single day, um, that, you know, being in that cafe with that woman, Grace, who fed you and changed your life, I mean, talk about a miracle. I mean, that's absolutely, that's a huge one, huge one in your life. And uh, if we look, you know, we, miracles don't have to be these, you know, lightning bolts. (laughs) They can just be something coming at the exact right time you need it. I mean, there is no accident there. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, even Um, Tawny. Mm-hmm. Right, Tony, learning from me how to shift that perspective or that meaning of the word and then changing her life. That's a miracle, too. Absolutely. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. And it's almost like a light bulb going off in your head. But listen, I believe that, you know, I believe it's not really much of a light bulb. I believe it's just um, divine inspiration. And if we, yeah. if we believe in it, we can tap into it very easily and we understand where this is coming from. 
And right. um, I'm of the belief I take no credit for, um, you know, for the, 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 the information that comes out of me, the books I write, because it's just divinely inspired. You know, I have help. Yeah. And um, it's not me. <clears throat> um, I invite is it okay if I challenge that a little bit? Absolutely. <laughs> because I had, Please, a mentor, right ahead. I had a mentor challenge me. Um, I had said the same thing. And he says, well, wait a minute, Jeannie. It came through you. If you had not okay. opened yourself up to receive, you wouldn't have received. Mm-hmm. And so it's that opening your mind and saying, okay, what is possible? How can I help people on a bigger scale? And then being open and receiving. It's just like that person saying, I don't believe in God. I I don't think there's a God. Just try it. Just open just a little bit and see what happens. Because you may be absolutely surprised. And so I believe you did play a part in it. Because you were there, you were open, you received, and then you passed on to others. That's what it's all about. Right. So, I mean, I guess we're all vessels for information. It's just a matter of us believing in it, tapping into it, choosing to recognize it and share it. And that's, I think that's what you're saying. And that's an excellent, excellent point. You also have to choose who you're a vessel for. Mm -hmm. Who are you being a vessel for? Right now, the people that are angry and creating violence and destruction, they're a vessel as well. But it's not good and wholesome and ethical. It's the other. And so we absolutely, in this time of great need, need more people being a vessel for moral and ethical behavior. So true. Because most of us feel powerless over things that that go on to, you know, to such a scale, such a degree, we feel like we have no power over that. Um, but what you're saying is if each of us just takes that stance to be moral and ethical, then yeah. that's a way that we are actually helping. Absolutely. It just takes one person. Look back through history. How many times one person shifted the tide of history, either for bad or for good, Mother Teresa, Hitler, two totally opposite things shifting the world. You know, Abraham Lincoln, how he shifted the world. Um, um, Martin Luther King, I mean, I could go on and on. There are so many examples of one person shifting the world, stepping up in courage in that moment of fear and saying, this is what's right. This is what's moral. This is what's ethical. And if you have the courage to do that, you absolutely will change your home. It may even ripple out into your community, your state, maybe even your country. It starts with having courage right in the moment. Build that courage muscle. Step up. You're so inspirational. You, you know, what <laughs> What you have to say is just Thank so amazing. You. Um, I love the way you put. I love the way you put everything. You know, because yeah, you put it in terms that we can grasp. Um, you know, you're saying things maybe that have been said before, but the way that you say it, 
is very, um, very easy to grasp and embrace. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, let's see where I wanted to go next. Okay. Um, so kind of, you know, I guess similar to that is the statement that you make that all life is connected. So yeah. is that kind of, you know, so <clears throat> when you say that, are you talking about that ripple effect or what do you, what exactly are you referring to? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, so some people believe the butterfly effect, right? That something that happens on the other side of the world can absolutely impact me. And I believe myself that my, that thoughts are things, you know, when I walk down the street, when I put a smile on my face and, you know, love in my heart and I walk down the street, there's a different reaction than if I'm angry and closed off. And so I choose to touch people with love and happiness. And so I invite you, the next time you're walking down the street or you're in a crowd of people, to turn up your heart light, to turn up your, your love, to turn up your, your empowerment. And, and I'll use another example. <laughs> I was okay. sitting in Good a conference. Example. And I absolutely love learning, love learning. So, you know, I, I go to a lot of conferences and I was sitting in a row and at the end of the row was a gentleman that was grumpy. You know, you can feel it. You can, you can look at somebody, you can feel it. And I'm, I'm looking at this guy and I made the decision that by the end of the conference, my bubble, my happy bubble would bump into his angry bubble and engulf him. <laughs> So he would go from angry to happy. And so I turned it up, man. I was like happy. I was excited. I was interacting. And, and I kept an eye on him. And at first, he kept looking at me like, go away. I don't like you. Oh, you was so crunchy. <laughs> and I'm happy to say that by the end of the event, he was smiling. And we actually oh. talked at the end of it. And he says to me, I did not like you at the beginning. I said, I know. <laughs> I can tell you didn't like me. And he's like, you were just so happy. And I was sitting there and I was going, life sucks. Why is she so happy? She shouldn't be happy. Life sucks. And he said, as I watched you and I listened to what the person was saying, I realized I was making the decision to hold on to the junk. I was making the decision to hold on to all the yuck in my life. You showed me a different way. Oh, Each one of us so can amazing. do that. Each one of us has that power to impact someone and brighten their day. Put a smile on your face and walk down the street and see how people react. I smile at everyone. And so wearing a mask in public is very frustrating to me. <laughs> but right. I, have right. To, I have to smile with my eyes. Um, so people can read right. it. Um, <clears throat> but that's that's kind of been hard. You know, I'm under there smiling at everybody, and they're not seeing it. They're just walking past me. Um, right. I, I like to brighten people's days. I like to I like to do that. I like to catch, you know, someone's eye and just brighten it up. Yeah. And so happiness can be very intimidating to those who are not happy. 
Um, and absolutely, often, that's why they lash out at us. Yes, absolutely. Because when I'm in pain, I want you to be in pain too. And your happiness is a slap in my face. And so I want to make sure that you are hurt. That's why I talk about how bullying has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the person doing it. It's because of where they're at in their mind. Like attracts like. And if I'm happy and vibrant, vital, and alive, and somebody in my space is not, they will leave or they will lash out and try to tear me down. Or I have the choice of leaving or sending love. My son (laughs) calls them love bombs. He says, Mom, I put a shield around me of love, and then I have this little sliding door where I open it up and I launch a love bomb at him, and then I close the window and I watch. <laughs> I'm like, how cool how old is, is that? How old is he? How old is your son? He, well, now he's 22, uh, but at the time I think he was about 13, and he's like, and so that's that's a thing that we talk about in our house all the time. Did you launch love bombs today? Yeah, Mom, I launched love bombs. <laughs> How, so, how inspiring! What, what a yeah. great environment yeah. for for children to grow up in. That's terrific. Yeah. Did you, were you able to change um, your mindset, your way of thinking before you had children, or did it did it sort of morph during the time you were raising your children? It morphed. I have two children. One um, just turned thirty-one on the twenty-first. Awesome! Woohoo! And then I have another yeah. one that's twenty-two. And my it morphed during. When my, when my daughter was young, that's when I started learning. That's when I started changing. That's when I really got, got my hands on the steering wheel of my life and started driving it in the direction I wanted it to go instead of allowing my life to be buffeted by others. Instead of living in a bumper car, I grabbed a hold of the steering wheel and took off in the direction I wanted to go. <clears throat> and so, it, so my son was was very very young and so he's pretty much grown up in that you know thoughts are things you decide what it means you're in control hold on to the steering wheel you know he's absolutely grown up in that whereas my daughter kind of morphed through it with me Mm-hmm. i had a very similar situation my daughter was in, was a huge inspiration for me just her being born made me say you know what i'm doing this different this isn't working. Yeah. I'm good. I have to do this different because now I'm responsible for another living soul. Um, right. So, yeah, you know, children can inspire that in you, and they really should. They really should. Um, yeah. If we had, have kids, we owe it to them to fix ourselves, get ourselves to a good place. Otherwise, we pass the legacy on, and it's then they have to do yeah. all the hard work. Yeah. 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 Um, I to even read. if we don't have oh, kids okay, yet. Even if we don't have children, we owe it to ourselves as well. We owe it to ourselves to, you know, that's why God created us, is for us to do the best that we absolutely can. And every time I shrink back, I do a disservice to him. But when I step forward in courage and faith, I bring others to him. And that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. That's a that's a great. I'm going to leave that statement. Um, 
as the last of our discussion, but I wanted to ask you, um, your book is available, and I know that you do um, a custom signing. So can you explain where we get the book and how we can have it signed? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to bullyproofingyoubook.com, um, you can purchase my book there. I will personally autograph it and put it in the mail to you. And and I just so appreciate that. This, I feel so blessed, first of all, to have written it and to have seen seen the response to it. And you know, I got get letters and emails and phone calls from people who, you know, thank you so much for helping me change my life. Thank you so much for saving my daughter or my son or or my own life because their suicide is up over 400% within the last few years. That's oh atrocious. We can't have that. We can't have no. that. There are kids as young as six years old, although it's no longer, you know, that a, a, a contained statistic. It is spreading like wildfire, and it has got to stop. It's got to stop. We need everybody who is living right now in this time and space is needed in this time and space because they're living. You have a special set of tools and talents within you that this world needs. And if you snuff your light out before you can shine them and help people, we're lost. That fabric that we're weaving that is our world, the tapestry's forever changed if you take your thread out of it. So we must stop this plague that's on our world and it comes from fear and when I focus on fear it gets bigger and when I focus on love and belief then those get bigger and I wave I weave a more beautiful tapestry Mm, so beautifully spoken beautifully spoken you know um, social media is a a real problem Uh, I think it's just caused more problem than it's helped and um because it's, you know, I talked about measuring ourselves against other people, and it's so hard not to when you're on social media, especially Facebook. <clears throat> so I tell people if it's upsetting, you get off of it. Don't don't do it. You know, if you look at something and it's making you upset or feel less than at all, even a twinge <clears throat> of being less than, get off. <laughs> yeah. Close it. Don't do it. So, yeah. Comparison is a result of looking out and seeing greatness, and then looking in and seeing damaged. And so that's why that list of a hundred reasons why I'm good is so important. Because then, when I look out, I see equal. I don't mm-hmm. unbalance the scales. Because the person that I'm looking at, they have junk too. There's not a single person in this world that doesn't have a past that they wish was different. There's not a single person in this world that doesn't have adversity because that's how we grow. We, the current struggle that we're going through makes the muscles for our future obstacles. Everybody has obstacles. And so the stronger I get from my current obstacles, the easier it will be to navigate my future obstacles. And so start looking at the adversity that you're currently in as building your muscles so that you can ease through life with grace instead Mm -hmm. of always having it be a fight and a struggle. That is such a great message. And um, 
Yeah, I'm going to end this show on that. But um, so you told us your website. Um, yes. And bullyproofing you. Is that the only? How to bullyproof you. dot com? Is that what you said? Yeah, bullyproofingyoubook.com. Oh, bullyproofingyoubook.com. And do you yeah. have a website other than that? I do. Yeah, geniesiscometh.com. There, there is no hyphen in it. And the beautiful thing about my name is I am the only one, <laughs> which makes <laughs> it really easy to find me. And so if you type in Cisco Meth, um, just C-I-S-C-O-M-E-T-H. So it's like the computer accessories and the drug. <laughs> and you will find all <laughs> kinds of videos and, you know, all kinds of, I do Facebook Lives regularly. I have a class. I actually have a class today at 11 o'clock. So jump on my Facebook page, register for that. It's absolutely free. Come join me today. Um, I'd love to have you guys join me. It's, it's at 11 o'clock Mountain Time. Okay, thank you for that invitation. That's great to know. Well, yeah, Jamie, it's been a great hour. It's really, really been, really been wonderful. Um, you know, I've been inspired. I know my listeners have been inspired. And as I said, it's the way that you say things, um, the you. way that you deliver your message that just makes it so impactful. So I'm very grateful that you were my guest today. Thank you. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I love to teach. <laughs> you're good at it well have a wonderful day i i really wish you wish you well and um i hope I you will continue to well. keep doing well Thank all you. right take care you're welcome Thanks. bye-bye bye so we are out of time today but if you have any comments or questions about today's show you can email me at love your life at randyfine.com May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.